1: mentioned this yesterday and maybe even referenced it a little bit earlier. There is a documentary on the making of We Are the World called The Greatest Night in Pop, which is out on Netflix right now. I received this call from Harry Belafonte and he wants to do some kind of a song for famine relief in Africa. Basically what he said was, I need you. We just thought we'd pull together as many artists as we could and figure it out. Paul Hall from Common Guy Films this year. Jane is joining us, as she usually does on a Friday. And, Paul, I've had so many people tell me that this is outstanding to watch. Do you agree? Have you seen it yet, Mark? No, I have not. It's on my list this weekend. I have to. Bruce
0: Springsteen plays a big role in this. I I have heard. And I know you're a big fan. I'll tell you what, Greatest Night in Pop is one of those nights that just doesn't happen. Um, after the American Music Awards one night, they decided to get everybody they could to come over and film literally all night. They finished this thing like eight in the morning the next day. So you went to the American Music Awards and then did We Are the World and became, you know, just one of the biggest hits of all time, simultaneously played on radio stations everywhere. and And I don't think Today's youth understand kind of what that thing was all about at the time. It was, it was omnipresent. It was everywhere. And the people that were in this, even though you look at some of them now and you go, oh, that's not a big deal. They were huge in the moment that this took place. And you don't get, you know, that many huge stars together that can, as, uh, as Quincy Jones writes uh, on a sign there, check their egos at the door and, and actually be, be together as a group. This is amazing.
1: Well, one of the it things is. I heard from some friends of seen is just the archive footage and that they had a lot of this, you know, recorded at the time, I guess. That that's why they made the documentary that they had so much great footage. And they could keep it secret. This was the thing. You if you if you didn't if you had a rush of press and fans
0: waiting for these celebs to come to the studio, they were so intent on keeping it secret up front. Yes, it got out to some people, but they didn't have a throng. I imagine if you, you put together Taylor Swift and Justin Timberlake and all these people and you told people where they were going to be, you couldn't get to the, the venue to actually do something and, and be productive. Mm-hmm. It's got the all the personalities in the room. You see people like Bruce Springsteen who thought it was so important that he wrapped his concert in Buffalo, got on a plane, flew to the West Coast to be here for this event, uh, just the stories of all the, the celebrities. The uh, footage of the time just was amazing to watch because you know, as part of this life I lived at in '85, I was a teenager. You know, this was that period of my youth, and to see these these folks that I idolized, I guess as you you could say, growing sure. up.
1: Mm-hmm. all together in one room, it's amazing. Well, that was my, you know, look, I was in music radio in, in that era, uh, still in college, but one of the things that I heard about this, and this is fascinating to me, I always am very curious, as someone who has no musical ability but loves music, the songwriting process, we were talking about that, Sue, a little bit with Bernie Taupin yeah. and uh, Elton John, but apparently there's some interesting reveals here about Michael Jackson and how he wrote songs because he sort of, is is it true that he sort of hums the melody and, and that's sort of how he writes the song, Paul? Yeah, yeah, that's how they, they lay it out in the
0: film in that he just sits and, and hums everything and gets it to the point where it's something there. And him and uh, Lionel came together to write the song. They had to go over to Michael's house and just get together. They thought they had more time than they did. They didn't. They recorded the demos, got them out to the celebrities, and there was one celebrity, and I'll I'll leave it as a tease for you to watch the film. One celebrity wasn't going to do it because – there are significant other at the time thought this was not going to be a hit. Oh, really?
1: I have to see the movie okay, to actually. Good, good I'm going to tease, gonna, gonna
0: tease that, I you like that. I like
1: that. I like that a lot. So that's on Netflix right now. What else you got this weekend? Let's uh, let's also talk over on Netflix uh, of a docu series. These, these cr- true crime docu series are a big deal.
0: American Nightmare uh, is about a weekend and uh, it's kind of ripping up the charts on the TV side over there.
1: We've yeah. talked about it a little bit, and I think a lot great. of people have seen it right now. I've never heard of a case where the kidnappers drop their victim at the front door of their oh, she house. She's this innocent victim. She looks more like a suspect.
0: Police now wondering, is Huskins a real life gone girl?
1: Yeah, this is the gone girl type yeah. case from oh. California that's very different. This is another one where when I have talked about it, and I think we even mentioned it last week, Paul, I don't like to tell people too much about it because I think it's better to go in yeah. not knowing a lot, right?
0: Yeah, most definitely. It's just just imagine this. Uh, a woman goes missing, a husband is blamed, and we set off on the, the mission to find out what really happened or what didn't happen uh, on the night in question. And, and was there more to this along the way? The thing about this series is it's three episodes long. And after the first episode, I was sure of what was going on. And, and I don't remember the case in general, but I was sure who I blamed. And I was mad and I was then the second episode comes along and I'm going I don't believe that for one bit and then by the third episode I'm like really how yeah, yeah. i mean it, it was kind a- of kind of works that way yeah it was amazing. i thought it was really and i thought it was really well done the way they unfolded the truth i thought it was very well done, because those can get kind of difficult. Well,
1: I think the only criticism I would have is it's not the most exceptionally crafted documentary that has ever come along, and I do think it would be better served as an 85-minute, you know, film instead of three parts. But it's still definitely worth watching, and I don't think it's going to bore people. One of the shows, I just want to mention something that I started watching maybe a week and a half ago that I really like, and I'm late to the game on this one, Paul. I know it's been relatively heavily nominated, even maybe some wins. Um, Stephen Young, who was in... um, the Walking Dead, big character in The Walking Dead, is in a show called Beef, a Netflix series. Have you watched Beef? You've probably talked about it before. I have not talked
0: about Beef. That was there, it was one I have not gotten back to. And, you know, that happens from time to time. I'll admit a real good one for you at the end of this. What do so, you, what do you well, think so about So,
1: Stephen Young plays this guy, Danny Cho. He's kind of trying to find his way. He's a contractor, doesn't have a lot of money. He's got issues. He's um, in a parking lot of a store where he's trying to return merchandise in the first episode. And there is a high caliber professional woman Amy Law played by Ali Wong who gets into a bit of a road wage incident with Stephen Young his character and then the story kind of takes off from there it's more than just about the anger that they develop toward one another and I'm about six episodes in and I really like where this series is going it's funny uh, the cast is great it's very well crafted so I would say beef is one I would recommend and Jane the other thing I told you is because I always look for these it's a half hour it's like 35 yeah, minutes that,
0: that, that's nice to break that right. up with smaller episodes so yeah. I like
1: that one quite a bit what else you got, Yeah, you, You've got Mr. and Mrs. Smith premiered on Prime Video. This is
0: Donald Glover uh, in the lead role. This is the, the movie, of course, you saw back in 05 uh, with uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. We now have it in series form, and it's uh, it actually is okay. The first episode's a little bit slow uh, once it gets going, and I think as you get to the future episodes, I think there's two available now for folks to check out on on Prime Video. Or you can, if you if you just want to go back and see Brad Nance, they're over on Hulu. Uh, you can see the original movie as well uh, from that series.
1: So have, that was kind of cool. There's a theatrical release today called Argyle. Have you seen that one? Um.
0: I have not, but you know what? It's making no money. In, in fact, in previews wow. last night, I think it made about one point seven million. That's what I saw. One point seven, right? On two hundred million dollar budget. Now, every Ouch. preview I've seen and every trailer I've seen, I look at it and I go, "This could either be fun." and quirky and weird, or it could be awful. Well, I guess it
1: seems like it's trending the wrong way on that you're, one. You're, you just, did I hear you correctly? You said that was a $200 million budget wow. in that movie?
0: That's what I read today was that it was, it was yeah, it was $200 million is what somebody said. Now, don't quote that from, for gospel, but yeah, it was up there. Get more at 971talk.com.